Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health Options Happy Hour show with Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards. Good evening, Sherry. Hi, Richard. Good to hear your voice. We have a kind of an off, off the topic. No, that's not the words I want. Uh, off our usual um, round of what we talk about here on Sound Health Options, where we try to bring you information that will help you um, live a better life, live a more healthy life, have more options. We are going to have a guest, Helene um, Bernie, who we tried to get around Mother's Day because we thought it was a very interesting um, topic. She is an expert in pregnancy health, pre, post, and all through the pregnancy. And we just thought that would be awesome. We've been playing um, the Lion King music, the cycle of life, for those of you who were on with us before the show started. I just think that is, that um, movie is profound about life and birth and death and living. So we're very happy to have our guest with us as she talks about all of these stages of life, including um, pregnancy. We know that a lot of you who listen to the show are coaches and bioacoustic uh, practitioners. So this is also for you, even if you, you aren't pregnant or somebody in your family, that you can help uh, coach these people through. So we will be with our guest and hear about her ideas and protocols for all expectant mothers in just a little bit. We are going to have a few announcements up front. We're being sponsored this evening by the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology and Sound Health, where we stick a microphone in front of your face and take a 30-second sample of your voice. We see the voice as a holographic representation of all that you are. And a lot of people are beginning to take all this up. We've been doing a, a lot of the research on it. MIT, um, Mayo Clinic, both have taken this up and are doing research on it. One of the exciting ones, maybe to our guest tonight, is that we have found a frequency that shows up in the voice when real labor starts. And we've got a couple of insurance companies interested in that because of all the false labor kind of things, especially for um, new mothers. They, <laughs> You get so anxious at the end about what is happening. We're being sponsored by three or four of our programs, um, Infertility One, uh, New Woman, which is about the hormones and fertility of getting pregnant, um, Signs of Life, S-I-N-E-S, meaning vocal print or um, a frequency, Signs of Life, and then also Hormones and Receptors. We've done a lot of, of fertility evaluations here of women, particularly those who have had Gardasil shots and they're having trouble getting pregnant. Maybe we could ask our guest about any of that. Before we start, do you have announcements, Richard, where people can listen to the show? Um, what's going on? Yes, I'll remind everybody this is going to be one of those shows that you're going to because I know some of the things Helene is going to talk about, 
you're going to want to pass it on or listen to again, that you can, about 10 minutes after the show, 10 to 15 minutes after I end the blog talk radio side, where I'm managing things, about 10 to 15 minutes after that, you can go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio tab, and for today, click on the happy hour tab, and the last, no, I'm sorry, click on the happy hour tab, no, let me back up, go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio tab, then click on the blog talk radio archive player tab, and there will be the last five shows. And this show will be there about 10 to 15 minutes afterwards, after I click end at blog talk. Sherry will have the video side of the show, which is the WebEx, up by typically tomorrow morning. And back to the audio side, if you go to either iTunes or Google Play or any of your podcast aggregators that you like and search for Sherry Edwards, you'll find over... We're almost at 700 hours, 700 shows. I don't know. It's a lot of shows, uh, but you'll find this show there. Those take a little longer to get it loaded. It's usually about two to three hours, but you'll be able to find the show there as well. Did you see that we're working on half a million listeners? I just think that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. it makes me just laugh. Like, really? Wow. It's It's staggering. It's staggering. I try not to think about it too much. It's amazing. I saw that number the other day when I was doing some work backstage there, and it was like, really? Wow. That's amazing. I forgot to tell people, too, that our keynote is up, um, and it's about Gardasil, some of the frequencies that make Gardasil work more or less uh, according to your own chemistry. And so we've written about that and given you some charts to look at um, an entire article. It looks like to be two or three pages here. So soundhealthoptions.com, in the news, and keynote. And this is about the frequencies that come to the earth that control the tides and moon spots and whatever else is going on. And we've just found a correlation between human biochemistry and those frequencies here at the research center. Richard, I have one little teeny announcement, and I think it's a Richard announcement. <laughs> it's about something <laughs> called, called Springer Nature, and they publish earth and environmental books and articles, and it's about how to take better care of Mother Nature. So I'm going to put that link in the chat for everyone. If I put the whole link, it'd probably take up a page or so. So I'll just put Earth and Environmental Science uh, Researchers Campaign. I probably should put a little bit more of that in there. So you're the one that um, helps Mother Nature and supports Mother Nature. I'm the one that's over here in the research center trying to help people with uh, their health and give them options. So I'm just on your side tonight. We need to take care of This is a great, this is a really, I, I will say when you go to this site, have a beverage because it's a lot of reading, a lot of great reading. But it's not like casual like, oh, it's, you know. The first one that I'm looking at is the importance of small water bodies for biodiversity and ecosystem services, implica- implications for policymakers. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of really good researched information talking about 
what we want to try to do about carbon sequestration, carbon dioxide sequestration, just everything. A lot of really leading edge and, and good thinking about doing good for the planet. Since part of my passion with talking about the planet all the time is ultimately what we do to the planet affects our immune systems. So we want to pay attention to what we're doing to the planet. I cut myself off there intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Didn't we decide to talk a little bit there about net neutrality today? Because that's an important topic coming up. I'll I'll put this in both chats that the the how the house is the next step the, uh, the head of the article the title of the article is the path to victory on net neutrality in the house of representatives and what we can do so net neutrality the reversal of the overturn uh, I'll read this part the United States Senate has voted to overturn the FCC Ajit Pai who started this whole ball rolling and restore net neutrality protections. So the Congress has done this. Now it has to go to the House of Representatives, and then after that, the president needs to sign it. So what we want to do, and that's what this article will talk about, is you want to contact your congressional, your I mean your House representatives, and say, look, we want these this ruling on the net neutrality that Ajit Pai pushed through overturned, and we want to restore net neutrality. And what that means is that all the bits are equal. That doesn't mean that any of the cable providers or any of the providers who provide net access would be able to say, you know, let's say they decided they wanted to charge Blog Talk Radio more than they did, I don't know, I'm making it up, American Airlines. I'm totally making all this up. But they would have that capacity to charge more for bandwidth to different vendors if this is not overturned. With it overturned, everybody has an equal right to have access to the Internet. So it's really, it's an important thing. So I'll post this article to both places. Because if we didn't get rid of it, whoever has the most money is going to demand the most time on the Internet. Something that's already happening. Can I just, I sent you something about they're beginning to ban things on the Internet that they didn't want people to see because they didn't want anybody questioning stuff. So There was some stuff. I know, that there was a, I, I know there was a piece put out by Mike Adams talking about his videos on uh, cannabidiols or CBDs being pulled. And I read that, and then I went and researched on YouTube, which is what he was talking about, and found several thousand videos about cannabidiols so i don't know if that was directly toward him i don't i can't i haven't been able to research enough to see what the actual issue is there but it is true as as the combination of gdpr which is happening in europe which you'll have to just look that up and read about it that's a whole other thing if that happens and other people are beginning to pull things down because of political factors things could disappear or be banned or hidden in a certain way Go ahead, Jerry. Um, we should ask our guests about some of that. We've had a lot of questions come in. I was surprised at the number of questions that came in for this guest since this is kind of off the beaten path for us. Are we am I ready to introduce our guest, Richard? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um 
this is especially close to my heart, this topic of pregnancy. I have uh, three kids of my own, 11 great-grandchildren, and 19, no, 11 grandchildren, and 19 great-grandchildren. And I have uh, delivered some of them myself, and I've helped deliver some of them. Uh, And after my third pregnancy, I became an absolute mess because my liver shut down and and my pancreas went wild. And I wish I had had someone like Helene Burney to help me through this. You know, nobody gives us this uh, life book about um, procreating and having kids and and what to do about it, or they didn't when when I was um, in my 30s when this was all happening. So we're very happy to have the BeFit mom, Helene Verney, here. She's the founder of the perinatal exercise classes and protocols. She's dedicated to helping women stay fit and healthy during and after their pregnancies and to inspire and motivate women to lead their entire families to better health and wellness. She's had over 20 years of experience as a dancer uh, and an exercise and trainer and Pilates and yoga and injury rehab. It's just awesome what her background is to get her here. Welcome to the show, Helene. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. How did you get started in this subject or just it was always your life work? Well, no, actually. Um, I kind of fell in it, and not surprisingly, uh, after my baby was born, I was just shocked at the toll that pregnancy had taken on my body. Uh, I was really weak and loose, and, and nothing really functioned very well. And this was quite a surprise for me because during pregnancy, I was quite fit. As you said, I was a professional dancer as well as a fitness instructor. So I was working out all the time and had a very fit pregnancy. And then found, oh, (laughs) that I personally needed to really start from the very beginning level of rebuilding my body after delivery and I realized, well, if somebody with a lot of skill needs to do that, that means really every woman really needs to rebuild her body back from the basics again after childbirth. And I took what I knew from Pilates and yoga and dance as well as kind of cutting-edge core training techniques and fitness, and I took all the best of all of those worlds and put it together Uh, and made a rehabilitation system for new moms. And and so there was my start. I I needed it. I couldn't find it. So I built it for myself and then started giving it out to other women. Have you written books about this? Uh, Yes. Uh, I'm the author of the book, Exercise After Pregnancy, How to Look and Feel Your Best, which is now in its second edition. Um, I'm also the author and publisher of an array of both prenatal and postnatal workouts that you can download off my website. We are looking at them right now uh, as we are filming the show, 
And so I'm moving down through your website looking at these exercises. Are there things that should be done pre-pregnancy that help get your body stronger, your stomach muscles? Um, is that part of what you offer to people? Well, in the, my main message is that maternal health and fetal health are one in the same. So the healthier and fitter mom is, the better off baby is going to be. And we can actually see measurable increases in health in moms that simply walk 20 minutes a day on most days of the week. So that's really easy, easy to achieve. It's free. It's low risk. And what happens there is that when you work out and you get your heart rate up, elevated a little bit, well, guess what? Your baby's heart rate actually elevates, and her body then is using more oxygen and taking in more glycogen, and that's helping her grow stronger and bigger and, and healthier too. And we can see that fit moms not only give birth to just healthier babies in general, but those babies are actually leaner right from birth. Now, they weigh the same generally, but there's just more lean tissue there. So we've got more bone, more muscle, and more of that, you know, kind of just baby stuff rather than uh, excess energy storage. Now, the really cool thing is we see in animal studies is that we can see an increase in brain development with animals who have been um, given more rigorous exercise programs for them. So now we can say without a doubt that meeting this minimum threshold of exercise, cardiovascular exercise, makes you have a baby that is healthier, stronger, and even smarter than sedentary women. So that is a huge head start in life that every pregnant woman can give to her baby. Now there's one other super fantastic thing that goes on, and that is when mom exercises, she strengthens her immune system. Baby's born, and through breastfeeding, you actually transfer your immune system to your baby. So not only is baby stronger, fitter, and healthier just literally from the get-go, but then you can rev that up even more through breastfeeding. I'm looking at your prenatal quick fit, and it looks like a pregnant lady kind of squatting, uh, knees bent, arms out. I think this would be great for me. I'm in my 70s. I really like to say flexible, fit, and balanced. So uh, I think your stuff is for more than than pregnancy. But that's you know, my... it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because I had an email from a mom who told who told me that you know she never really got her body back. It never, for whatever reason, things never worked quite as well for her. So she found my book, and she did my book, and it transformed her body. 
It realigned her spine. It gave her core strength. It flattened her belly. And then she said, oh, by the way, I'm a grandmother. I'm 65. (laughs) So, yes, my exercises work across a broad range. They're specifically made for pregnancy. But if you're one of those postpartum women that never really got it together and never could flatten your abs or whatever it is, it is never too late to use my exercises um, and go through the program. It will transform your body. Well, I'm certainly... Actually, is there actually any reason why I couldn't be doing these exercises? I mean, I know it's designed for women and postpartum and all that, but as Sherry was saying, I'm in my mid-60s, and the idea of doing something to strengthen my core and have better balance. My balance is pretty good, but, I mean, you know, just to be continue to be active and, you know, in right. good shape. Yeah, w- without a doubt. You know, um, if I have any men that are that are interested in how to do this, then without a doubt the second um the step two of my postpartum core rehab um would definitely be good for everyone like in that sense but you know i want to talk about the specifics of being postpartum we know that the abdominal wall is weak and it's stretched out and it's too long and we're also very aware that the pelvic floor is often traumatized, and doesn't function very well. But there's a hidden thing that needs to be recognized, and that's ligament laxity. Due to the hormones of pregnancy, elastin and relaxin, those hormones lengthen our connective tissues, including our ligaments. And ligaments are designed to hold our joints in proper alignment. So when you're postpartum, your main issue is not just abdominal weakness, it's lack of functional stability. So those are the keys that we really need to start taking in. It really is a highly specialized kind of rehab uh, situation. So what does ligament laxity mean in the body? It means you should not do any high-impact exercise for about the first six months after delivery. Oh, I thought you were going to go on. Um, No, sorry. (laughs) um, Talk a bit about nutrition. You talk about the body and its structure. What about nutrition? A lot of the women that we see coming in here, silicon, silica, and sulfur, are all at issue with them, and all of those deal with connective tissue and elasticity. Right. Well, when it comes to nutrition, we want to keep two things in mind. The first is you need to eat a high-quality diet, and that isn't found in fast food restaurants. High-quality food is found on the outside aisles of the grocery store. So you need to eat high quality. Your baby, you're growing a baby, and that means you have increased need of protein, calcium, magnesium, 
as well as complex carbohydrates to give you that full range of vitamin Bs. And you want to choose what I call the good fats. Good fats are those that come from vegetable sources, like nuts and seeds, avocado, olive oil, canola oil. And you want to diminish or steer steer clear of the fats that come from meat or animal sources. So that's one side, eating great. The other side is eating the correct amount. You will gain weight during pregnancy. Everybody does. You're supposed to. If you gain the ideal amount for your body, you'll only put on one or two pounds of additional fat storage. That's it. The rest of it is baby, placenta, fluids, etc. in your body. And I want women to think of their Goldilocks. Not too much, not too little, but just right for their bodies. And that can be a complicated math problem because it depends on how much you weigh when you start, your height and weight, your body mass index. It depends on your rate of gain. It's a complicated math problem. And that's why I published the Perfect Pregnancy and Postpartum Pounds app. And you can download that off of iTunes or Google Play. And you put in your age, height, weight, week of gestation, how much you weigh, and it will, bam, do that math for you and tell you the exact perfect target range for your body at that week of gestation. And it will also chart it for you. So if you're gaining too fast or gaining too slow, you have something to discuss uh, with your doctor. And by using that strategy of eating high quality that exactly matches your metabolism, then you don't really have to worry about losing any weight after pregnancy because you haven't overgained. Yeah, look at Kate Middleton. Good grief, she looked wonderful after just delivery. That's yeah. incredible. Right. We have a couple a couple of questions from the audience around nutrition. One is saying mm-hmm. that she notices there's a lot of fat babies. Is that something that's done in utero to cause that, or is that some issue with what we feed them afterwards? And could you talk a bit about mother's milk? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think what she's really referring to is the fact that We now have in our society two-thirds of women entering childbirth either in the overweight or obese categories. And this puts moms at a greatly increased risk for gestational diabetes, which is a pretty severe complication. But also we now see that these women tend more than other women, overgain during pregnancy. And when you overgain, then you are born with literally a chubbier baby. Or sometimes if you have gestational diabetes, you can have what's called an overly large for gestational age baby. Now, we all want, no one wants a small baby, right? We want, but funny to hear this, but having a baby that's too large is actually problematic. 
So it is a phenomenon that is growing, and it is directly related to the obesity epidemic in the United States. So if you are one of those women that are listening and you're either pregnant now or you're wanting to become pregnant and you are in the overweight or obese categories, you can take specific actions to help prevent gestational diabetes. The first one we touched on already is getting that minimum 20-minute walk per day. Very helpful. And then the second one is making sure that you do not overeat, particularly in the first trimester. You know, there's that myth, eating for two. No, actually, when you do the math, it's eating for 1.2. That's all it takes, about 300 calories over your baseline, and that doesn't even start until the second trimester. So we don't want fat, chubby babies. We want lean, strong babies. I have uh, a comment and a question. Uh, Richard, our co-host, is a master herbalist. Richard, do you know of any herbs that are especially uh, good during pregnancy? We haven't studied well, that. Well, when I had when I had when I had the um, herb store, I would have pregnant women come in with nausea and go with gentle light things such as mint tea or maybe ginger tea. Um, more along the lines of even I had some uh, women that had issues with low, uh, iron issues, low iron, and we'd make them a special uh, nettle root tincture with a little bit of yarrow in it to help try and build up the iron. But it was mostly gentle tonic herbs. And then later on, perhaps once they'd given birth, dealing with the issues like breast milk, and you'd use a galactagogue to adjust the flow of milk, the breast milk. Um, you know, there are a lot of, I think, herbs that are gentle tonifiers, you know, like the alfalfas and the chamomiles that are calming and soothing but not aggressive on the system because I wouldn't want to do anything that would cause stimulation or cause any kind of, I'll just call it aggressive action on the system. Like I wouldn't want to be doing blood purifiers or anything like that while you're growing another human in your body (laughs) Um, because, you know, that's enough work for the body to deal with. But gentle tonics I think are good. That's right, and ginger tea is actually one of the most effective to relieve signs of nausea in the first trimester. Yeah, there was always a lot of ginger tea, a lot of ginger tea or tincture, or I even had women who would have tincture with them, so when they were out, they might just put a few drops under their tongue or... There was a ginger was very popular with pregnant women because it was like they'd come Mm -hmm. back and almost weeping because they were like, oh, my God, I don't feel so nauseous. I don't feel so... And yeah. that first trimester is brutal. Oh, it can be okay. some, but, you know, some people sail through their first trimester and don't have too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little bit of nausea is, is pretty common. And it's actually caused by an imbalance between your uh, blood volume and your uh, blood capacity. The very first thing that happens when you get pregnant is the hormones 
um, actually calls what's called vasodilation. And I want you to imagine a hose that just gets a little bit bigger. So your arteries are just get a little bit bigger. But your blood volume takes a bit to catch up. And it's not until your blood volume catches up to your new capacity that that comes in balance again. And when that comes back in balance, then generally morning sickness symptoms are over. Mm. Great to know. Are any foods causing this? You know, we'll touch on food here uh, lightly, but I want to refer people to the website there are a whole list of foods that you don't eat during pregnancy because of the possible contamination with either E. coli or listeria or another dangerous bacteria. So uh, to touch on a few, you know, soft cheeses, unpasteurized milk, um, you also don't, uh, deli meat is off the menu because of that. You don't want to eat fish that are really high up in the food chain because those have a lot of mercury in them, and we don't want to take that in during pregnancy. And the last one that I'll touch on is you don't want to be eating rice or rice products from China. And the reason is China is really polluted right now, and all that air pollution falls down with the rain, into the rivers and goes into uh, their rice paddies and those heavy metals get sucked up into the plant. Um, For a full list of what to eat and what not to eat, um, go to my website, which as we said is befitmom.com, and it's spelled exactly how it sounds, B-E-F-I-T-M-O-M, B. We are looking at that site now where you're talking about corn syrup and mercury and salmonella, and it's just a lot of really great information on here. For those of you listening, remember that we are going to be doing a drawing for free software. So if you have friends who you think could benefit from having the software, either New Woman about hormones or signs of life, about pregnancy and delivery, call them up and tell them to tune in because we're going to be taking um, your name from whoever's listening here, put it in a hat, and do a drawing. Uh, I, I can't remember his name, which is awful, but last week's drawing, it was for sports performance, and the guy wrote back to me and said he was a wounded veteran and he really found it helpful and he was loving it. So the more people we can get involved in using this software, uh, the more we love it. And please look at our calendar on soundhealthoptions.com for our two-day free class and free software for people who want to become involved and learn how to use this software. We've been talking with uh, Helene, is it Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E? Yeah, it's Byrne. Byrne, Helene Byrne, who is the author of a book, Exercise After Pregnancy, How to Look and Feel Your Best. So I want to lead in with a feel 
question. Is this mm-hmm. feel emotionally? Is this feel uh, physically? Because one of our questions is about an emotional issue. I, I think you're going to answer when you feel good physically, you also feel good emotionally. Um, but I want to give you the uh, opportunity to answer that and then a specific question from our audience. Well, I I totally agree with that. Um, when your body functions well and you are healthy, you know, health equals happiness. And, you know, when you look good and you're healthy, you'll feel good about yourself. You'll feel good about yourself when you take healthy actions in your daily life because that's something that you can be proud of, that you can say, yeah, you know, I'm getting healthier. I'm doing things that, you know, move my body and my life towards better health. So, yes, looking and feeling, physical, psychological, you know, that mind-body connection, it's all one. The the question is, well, it's kind of long, but I'll try to just summarize. It's a lady who is pregnant, it's her third pregnancy, and her husband is very discouraging to her that she doesn't look good, she's unbalanced, she doesn't fit in her clothes. Uh, he's This is a surprise pregnancy. And what can she do to encourage him? And I guess on the other side, what can the dad do to encourage the mom? Because this is a touchy subject. It is a touchy subject, and it's for everyone. Because weight gain is scary. You know, we all, we know we have to gain weight, but we don't want to gain too much. And for a lot of us, it feels like it can be out of control. It can feel scary. Um, But in terms of fitting into your clothes when you're pregnant, uh, excuse me, but no one does. (laughs) That's why there's the maternity section of the clothing store. We all need to move into maternity clothes, right? So that's, you know, everyone needs to do that. You know, how to deal with negativity. We all encounter that. We encounter it from others. We also encounter it in our own heads, right? If you listen to your internal dialogue, you look in the mirror and you might say, oh, I look so fat or I feel so fat, ah, 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 right? But what that expresses is not fact. It is really a fear that comes in. Um, so specifically to the mom out there whose you know, husband is not being supportive, well, you just got to kind of draw a mental line in your head and say, what am I responsible for? What is he responsible for? And what I personally am responsible for is what I do and what I say and what I think in my behaviors. No one is responsible for what somebody else thinks, somebody else says, or how somebody else behaves. So getting clear about that just where your responsibilities are and where your responsibilities are not is step one. And then saying, okay, 
well, what do I have control over? What Can I take a positive action here to help solve the problem? And in that case, this action is really simple. And it's a statement along the lines of, it hurts my feelings when you speak to me that way. Please don't do it. You know, just please don't do it anymore. And let it go. The spouse will either be able to adapt or he won't. And there you go. And so for women who experience a lot of negativity with other family members, particularly like with exercise or eating, one of the best things that you can say is, oh, but my OBGYN told me, and then fill in the blank, that I need to exercise more or that she doesn't want me gaining too much weight or she wants me to keep away from fast food or whatever it is. Call in your higher power. It's your OBGYN. And just tell them, look, I'm following the directions of my OGBYN. And while your opinions are well-intentioned, it's not the track I'm on. Awesome advice. But I also like to add that it takes two to get pregnant, and she was taking on a lot of blame for the pregnancy from what I could read between the lines in the letter. Yeah, you well, it, it certainly does take two, doesn't it? <laughs> I think that's, well, We know from biology that it's 50-50. <laughs> yes, she seems like the women are doing most of the work, though. I have several other, I think, important questions from the audience. Uh, one is from a grandmother, and she sent this in before the show and says, uh, I love having my grandbabies, but he's 40 pounds now. Are there any exercise to strengthen me because I just put my shoulder out uh, lifting uh, him resisting? Right. Any of your dogs work that? Well, Yeah. What you need to do in order to lift and carry well is you need to create core strength and functional stability. Um, And you can do that through exercise programs like what I give, or you can go to the gym. Um, You can work out with weights. You can do Pilates. Um, There are many exercise forms. Yoga will also help with that. And then just learning good lifting and carrying techniques. I have an entire section in my book of how to lift and carry properly because a lot of times we just don't even think of what we're doing and we kind of lean over and twist and reach out and then try to pick something up. And we, before we even know it, ow, that really hurt my back. So learning and then using proper lifting and carrying techniques can go a long way, too. When we are looking at your workouts, um, you can download them, and several of them are talking about staying centered, core strength. So uh, the three at the top, are these all free for just one price, or this is a recommended package? Mm -hmm. Well, I I sell... Yeah, you're referring to my prenatal super saver workout package where you can download all three workouts for one price or you can 
download separately the workouts. Um, so you have some choices of, of how you buy. Um, they and look depending wonderful. on, yeah, well, that, they are. They're they're great. <laughs> if I must say so myself, they really work. They will transform your body. And it doesn't look like they take a lot of space either. It's just kind of in one spot kind of thing. I like that. So I'm putting the link for all of this, um, bfitmom.com slash workout. And I'm going to buy some before the show is over. A couple more cool. questions. Um, two questions from OC section. Uh, mm-hmm. Any special information uh, that you want about C-section that you want to share with people? Yeah, this this is important. We have way, still way too many C-sections uh, in the United States. It takes special care uh, recovering from a C-section. Um, what you can generally do right away, it's recommended to walk because walking increases circulation, and that little increase of circulation helps to speed healing. Um, I, I want to refer people to the website because I have a lot of tips for C-section recovery, um, but I'll go over the main ones right now. And the first is you don't want to do anything that strains your abdominal wall until four to six weeks after delivery. Um, and even something as simple as getting out of bed, you want to use what's called the log roll technique, where you roll all the way over onto your side and then use your hands to help push yourself up into the seated, seated position where you can then just stand from there. You want to avoid lifting heavy and carry carrying heavy objects. Um, and you also want to care for your scar. Um, and monitor it and, you know, make sure that everything is looking okay. And then your doctor, after your post-surgical checkup, will most likely give you the green light to resume exercise. And here it's really important that you start a program like mine because if you start with exercises like crunches, or oblique pulses, or pretty much almost any traditional abdominal exercise, that is going to be too much for your abdominal wall. So you want to use a very specific rehab uh, after cesarean. Okay, we're looking at this site, and it's giving a lot of rehab exercises, abdominal compressions. Um, Mm -hmm. This brings up another question from the audience. During or after pregnancy, should someone wear a support strap or belt? Great question. Um, There are really kind of two kinds. One kind of support belt is really made to compress your pelvic bones. Remember we talked about ligament laxity earlier in the show? Well, Mm -hmm. some women during pregnancy get way too loose and develop what's called pelvic instability. And that can be very painful and very debilitating. 
So if you have that kind of issue, then absolutely wearing one of those compression belts will just push your uh, pelvic muscles closer. They will compress them a little bit and give you the stability that your body lacks. Now, after pregnancy or during pregnancy, you don't want to wear what's called a belly binder at all during pregnancy. And then after pregnancy, those larger belly binders, those are good right in the first four weeks. And what the belly binder does is it pulls your abdominal wall in and it holds you in. It's kind of like a little modern-day corset. And that actually helps support your organs, um, your internal organs. And that can help a lot. Now, belly binders are not the answer to everything. You still need to do your abdominal rehab and your core rehab because while a belly binder will help support your internal organs and your midline, it will not rehab and strengthen your abdominal wall. I have a, I have a different I I have a completely different question, but it comes to me. You, I've been standing here thinking about my time in the herb store all those years, talking with pregnant women. From time to time, I would have a woman who was having a really tough time with the nausea, and generally feeling, you know, just the random emotions that occur as the hormones are cascading around. And I would, and we've talked a lot about medical cannabis in previous shows, interviewing people. And I'm wondering if you have any research on that, a small amount of cannabis to reduce either with THC to reduce some of the nausea and also what about topical applications of CBD-based compounds for inflammation or achy joints or just from, you know, the, the amount of stress on the body as you, as they say, grow a human being in your belly. Right. Um, what I can tell you about THC is that – Studies have been done, not a lot, but we're just starting to see more done that show that pregnant women who use THC products during pregnancy have lower than average birth weight babies. And why we can't draw an exact line because XYZ happens, we know that there is a correlation there. And because of that, we cannot advise any woman using any internal cannabis product during pregnancy. And in terms of the external stuff for joint pain, that has not been studied. So we don't have data to say, is it safe? Or is it not safe? So that is a gray area. And for me, I'm always thinking, let's just stick what we know with is safe, right? Because if you don't know whether it's safe or not, and there hasn't been studies on it, do you really want to make your body and your pregnancy the guinea pig? Probably not. <laughs> so... That's what I know about cannabis during pregnancy. 
Thank you. Uh, Richard, did you have a follow-up to that? Okay, I'm um, going to ask I, No, go ahead. I just was another question from the audience. Um, but if you have something to follow up. No, no. Uh. Okay. Um, a lady wants to know what she shouldn't be doing by way of exercise while she's pregnant. I think that's important. Great question, because there are a whole bunch of what we call contraindicated exercises during pregnancy. Um, The first kind of the list is real obvious, anything high risk, you know. Um, You don't want to go river rafting. You don't want to go scuba diving. You don't want to do water skiing or rock climbing or road biking or mountain biking, right? Those kind of high-risk activities. You just don't want to do. Um, then there are some other issues of what not to do. Um, and basically, you don't want to overly strain the body. And so I'm going to talk to my more athletic moms here. So when your bump pops out, you become noticeably pregnant. What happens is your abdominal wall is stretched. And when that muscle is stretched, it no longer provides nearly the same amount of stability for your spine. So that's when you begin to modify. So if you're somebody who's really strong and is going to the gym every day or five days a week, whatever it is, you start lowering the weights so that you stay in a zone that's totally safe for you. Cardiovascular exercise can be done and should be done throughout pregnancy. But the question is, what about people like runners? What about people who do marathons? And the answer is surprising. The answer is yes. Really fit women can, in fact, run healthily all through pregnancy. Now, some women find the bouncing of running just too much on their bellies and switch over to fitness walking, and that's totally appropriate. But you can continue with um, moderately intense aerobic activities if you were fit when you started. Now, let's say you're less fit. And you want to, you're inspired. You want to get your 20, 30-minute walk in every day. What should you do? You want to work out at a level that you, in your body, feel is just somewhat difficult. So your heart rate goes up a little bit, but not a lot. And we've seen studies that show that perceived exertion is highly accurate. Years ago, we used to say, oh, don't take your heart rate above 140 beats per minute. But that, those old, old rules are thrown out. And now we just use perceived exertion. And so you never want to get to the point, whatever your fitness level is, of heavy panting. For aerobics, you just don't want to do that. Then there are a few other things you want to do, or not do, I should say. You don't want to do any movement that causes your belly to push outward away from your spine. So what exercises can do that? Some big classic ones like crunches off the menu, 
once your belly pops out. Moves like double leg lift will make your belly bulge away from your spine. Uh, boat pose in yoga will do that. And here's a big one for my yoga people out there. We don't want to do yoga belly breathing during pregnancy. Belly breathing is the intentional overinflation of the abdominal wall during inhalation. Because all of those things that I just talked about overly strain the body's midline tissue and can cause diathesis recti, which is also known as abdominal separation, which is an overwidening of the midline tissue. So we want to prevent that as much as possible. And the last big no-no for exercise during pregnancy, speaking to my yoga women out there, no hot yoga, even in the first trimester. ACE, which is the American Council on Exercise, did a very well-designed study in depth that proved that hot yoga, Bikram yoga style, does in fact raise core temperature up to potentially dangerous levels. So no hot yoga during pregnancy either. Okay, we have a couple of questions that deal with specific things, and we have about two minutes left. I can't believe this hour is gone. We had a pre-show question about preeclampsia. What is it? Mm -hmm. What can be done about it? Yeah, preeclampsia is one of the most serious diseases of pregnancy. Um, The root cause of it is still really under investigation. We do know that starting pregnancy at a healthy weight um, and starting pregnancy with a strong cardiovascular system seems to offer uh, some lowered risk factors. Um, But what you really have to do with that is really go to all your prenatal appointments because doctors will check for that. They'll check for signs of swelling, um, protein in the urine. And if you're somebody who suddenly sees, wow, why do my fingers look so swollen or why do my ankles look so swollen, Um, then that means you should call your OBGYN right away because it's the swelling is is oftentimes the very first symptom of preeclampsia, and we want to catch this fast. Um, The faster, the better. Um, So basically call your OBGYN if you have any questions about that. Okay, there is one section on your site, Solutions to Common Pregnancy discomforts, and we've been looking at it as you've been talking, it is a great part of um, trying to help you. And it's broken down, the feet, ankles, knees, pelvic bone, and I don't think it's just for pregnancy. There's a lot of us older folks that could use some of this. So (laughs) I'm certainly going to uh, go on your site, befitmom.com, and order some of the workout CDs. And also, uh, I looked at Amazon, exercise after pregnancy. 
How to look and feel your best. Four stars. Lots of people saying things about what you're offering. We've just skimmed the surface here. So if you want to get more in-depth, please buy the book. Uh, I think I'm going to get the demos because I'm more in tune with that. Um, But they both look good, and there's even a Kindle edition. Richard, any last thoughts? I'm looking forward to the release of the uh, gentleman's form of this. Although I think I can just, (laughs) as long as I don't have to wear the leggings and tights, this seems like a great (laughs) idea to develop core strength because as we get older, I know a lot of situations occur with people who don't maintain their core strength and falls occur and things happen and, you know, anything we can do to stay kind of fit. And this seems like a great starting point for me. Are you going to do a book book for dads and old people? (laughs) Maybe when I I get to be that demographic, I will. (laughs) Okay. It's been great having you on the show. Thank all of you for listening. Um, Please share this with your friends uh, who are pregnant, planning to be pregnant, or just need some core issues. Uh, You see a lot of that with older folks. They have this poochy belly, and I think if we used Helene's exercises, we might get rid of that. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Helene, for being on the show. Thank our audience for being here, and we'll see you on Sunday. Uh, I haven't the slightest idea who's going to be on Sunday. but we try I think to bring it's you Stephen Gundry. Oh, he's got a new exercise thing for people um, and um, and getting trimmed. New cookbook. So we made, yep. Yeah, new cookbook. We'll lead right into that. Mm-hmm. So we will see you on Sunday. Thank you for being here, um, Richard. Can you punch the button and take us out? <laughs> Thanks so much again, Helene. That was great. All right, everybody. Have a great Thank rest you. of the week. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Later.